How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Oh, yeah. Hello and welcome, everybody. It's the world famous Ben and Skin Show 105.3 The Fan. I'm Ben Rogers, joined by Jeff Skin, Wade, Jonathan Shippy, Shipman, and Kevin K.T. Turner, the pride and joy of only Texas. We are in studio today. But we will be out of studio on Thursday. We'll be at the Pluckers in Grapevine. We'd love for you to stop by and join us. And then Friday, we'll be at Fat Daddy's. And uh, we're going to be out there with the first G-Bag flags of this Flagtober. What an honor. Really, really cool. And love getting out to the 817. So by all means, please come on by and get you a G-Bag flag for Flagtober, baby. It's going to be a big month. All right, we got so much to get into today. It's always a joyous day on 105.3 The Fan when Jerry jumps on because we've got audio uh, for days to get into. We'll be getting into some Jerry audio throughout the presentation today. We'll be getting into some of that uh, Troy Aikman stuff as well. He has just gone straight savage mode, which is so much fun, so enjoyable. We should probably get things going by referencing last night's footballing action that happened. The Bears pummeled the Redskins. 31-15 31-15 was the final, and it wasn't anywhere near that close. Case Keenum was running around for his life all night. Three interceptions, two fumbles. Uh, I think he was sacked four times, and that is a train wreck. R- the report is that uh, Colt McCoy will probably get the next shot uh, to be their starting quarterback as he'll soon be back from his broken leg. Dwayne Haskins, he's not ready for action yet, I guess. Uh, Alex Smith making an appearance, uh, just so there's four quarterbacks in in the mix there. He was on the sideline. I don't think he'll be back this year, but four quarterbacks in the mix there in a way, if you include Alex Smith in that. But Mitch Trubisky was the story last night, and at one point I know he was 20 for 23 with three touchdowns, three touchdowns all in the second quarter, and I saw a graphic on the screen that was like, for the first 23 drives, the Bears had one touchdown. And their last three drives, they have three touchdowns. So <laughs> the Redskins are the cure for whatever ails you. They're the great elixir for sure. Do you think uh, also possibly Trubisky had a good game after all the he looks like Romo chatter from yesterday? I noticed, Shippy, you tweeted out a picture that you tweeted out a year or two ago yeah. about Trubisky looking like Romo. Um, maybe that's what finally put it all together for him is the discussion because it became a big national topic when we left the air yesterday. It did. <laughs> he looked a lot like Romo. It really, really blew up in a big way. Uh, so who was it that said he, it looks, he, Trubisky looks like someone drew a picture of Romo from memory. <laughs> that was our buddy, uh, <laughs> Ziggy. That no, was, no, no, it was Stramanton. It, it, it's, uh, he's married to Sam Lau. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, and Ziggy replied, yes. Yeah. Uh, yes that, I remember that, yeah. Really, really well done. But as you guys, I mean, as you look at the landscape right now, the Eagles are a disaster. I'm talking about the NFC East. The Eagles are a disaster, and you would assume at some point during the year they'll get it back together, maybe. They typically pull it out of the, the tailspin, the nosedive. Um, uh, the Giants, I, maybe they have a little bit more hope now with, with uh, Danny Dimes at, at, at quarterback. The Redskins are abysmal. The Redskins are among the worst teams in all of football. So how many wins will it take to win the NFC East? Well, this is where it's going to get super critical. 
I would maintain, look, we know a lot can happen. Let's just take injuries out of the mix, right? Let's assume that the Eagles over the course of the next four weeks get healthier. All right? And let's just kind of move forward with full power injuries because you never know what the injuries are going to end up doing. You realize how hard it's going to be for the Eagles to win the division if the Cowboys just straight split? If both of these teams take care of the – because right now the combined record of the Skins and the Giants is one in five. Is that what it is? Uh, I should be two and two and yeah. four. Eagles are one and two. Giants no, are I'm, one I'm, and two. Redskins are zero oh and three. Yeah, Skins and Giants. Oh, Skins and Giants. Yeah, 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 yeah one and five. Yeah, one yeah, and five. Sorry. So what I'm saying is, is that if you take care of business against those teams, and the Cowboys are already two and zero oh against them, the uh, the Eagles, you know, obviously have more games to play. All you got to do is split with the Eagles. And that means for the Eagles to outright win the division, they got to be three games better than you on all of the remaining games outside of the NFC East. Three games better than you to outright win the division. They have, and then, and then we know what's coming up: Green Bay on the road Thursday night. Four of their next five are on the road, including games at Dallas, at Minnesota. They're, they have put already enormous pressure on themselves to be damn near perfect outside of their division moving forward. And we all have the same tough schedules in the division. This is obviously injuries change these things dramatically, which is why you don't make bold predictions before October gets here. But it's hard to dig out of holes. And those two losses are to the Lions and the Falcons. It's not even the Patriots coming up on their schedule or the Packers coming up on their schedule or the Vikings coming up on their schedule. Eagles are in a bad way early on. Well, I was I'm looking here at the NFC East standings, and as bad as that Redskins defense looked last night, I mean, which uh, allowed the Bears to to come out of a coma, the they've given up 94 points through three games. Right, the Redskins defense. Yeah, they're terrible. Well, the Giants have also given up 94 points. They're tied at having given up 94 points, and then everyone's panicking, or a lot of people are panicking about the Cowboys defense unnecessarily so that the Cowboys have only given up 44 points. They've given up less than half uh, the amount of points that the Giants and Redskins have given up. And the Eagles have given up 78 points. And then you look at the offensive side, the Cowboys have scored 97 points. Giants and Redskins tied there too. They've given up uh, there. They've scored 63 points each. I think the Cowboys defense can clearly play better, but their offense is going to be what moves them this year. Their offense is going to be what it's about. It's going to be about outscoring their opponents. But I, I do think that this defense can improve. And obviously your numbers are exaggerated by the fact that you played a Dolphins team that put up six points on you. Um, look, But, you know, the other thing, too, is look at what the Giants are about to go through with a rookie quarterback and no Saquon Barkley for the next month or so. Yeah. I mean, that's... Yeah, no, they're they're going to go through uh, major problems. That's going to be pretty bad with Wayne Goleman backing up. They may just spread it out and throw it and see what the rookie has. But I think we, the the thing you're talking about the Eagles, the Eagles schedule gets easy at the end, right. while the Cowboys' schedule is top heavy right now. It's or it's I guess bottom heavy at the top, I guess, with all sure. these bad teams. Right. So like it, it's all going to you know even itself out. The problem eventually. The problem is that when you get in big giant holes, it's very difficult in the NFL to crawl out of those things. Now, yeah, if you want to throw it back in my face, say like the Cowboys did last year when they started three and five, mm-hmm. and then came roaring back, sort of like that. So this is if if the Eagle to me, if the Eagles are going to save their season, they have to do it in the next three weeks. They're going to have to win two tough games to pull this thing out of the ditch. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, speaking about uh, you were talking about the Cowboys' offense leading the way. I agree with you. 
Everybody knows that the Chiefs are super high-powered, right? Even without Tyree Kill, they haven't you know missed a beat. They've scored 101 points. Cowboys are four points back of that. Wow. Four points. Cowboys have scored 97 points. We'll get into something at 1240 that kind of shows you that at least for this year so far, Dak and Mahomes are kind of comparable. And I don't think anyone's saying, hey, uh, take Dak over Mahomes. But there's some numbers that let you go, wow, there's mm-hmm. a big jump that's happened. Not just a, a small step forward. It's been a big jump. And we'll dive into that at 1240 this afternoon in the Power Hour. And and before that, really getting into those numbers, obviously just go back to your memory banks of the first three games. The biggest jump is the down-the-field throws. And down I'm not field. just down the field. Uh, but the but th- those numbers will jump out at you. But you can remember it. You can see it. The Cowboys are throwing down the field further and with more accuracy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, good God. Everything we'd heard about uh, Dak in the offseason, the things he was working on with Kitna, the mechanics, it's all – we're seeing that – it's Kitna. It's Kitna. It's Kitna. Not, Kitna. No, yeah, yeah. We're, we're seeing that manifest in, in results. And it certainly does feel like when you watch the Cowboys now, you're watching an offense that is on the attack. It doesn't look like, I don't know, like uh, a team that's trying to get you into a wrestling match to let's let's battle this thing out and hope you know the winner prevails by three by one to three points. Mm-hmm. Can we? Uh, would you guys take a minute with me to, if you would, put your shower shoes on and let's bask in the misery mm-hmm. of Washington? Yes, because there's some great stuff happening. Why are we wearing shower First shoes? of all, they're having a little panic attacks last night. Uh, there's a writer for the Athletic in Washington who was talking about. He's kind of answering questions from fans after mm-hmm. the loss, and there one said, "Do you uh, ever want to go cover another team? Because it feels like you're writing the same stories every year." And he goes, "Yes. Uh, ever, ever there are times in my head I've got these stories I'd like to write, but I feel like I'm writing the same story every single year." And he commented on some of the club level being less than half full mm-hmm. and like attendance way down. Uh, in in D.C. last night for that game. And I think it's interesting the way they were talking about Dwayne Haskins in the broadcast. I liked Haskins. I actually liked Haskins more than Jones, but my concern with Haskins was there's just one year to go off of mm-hmm. off with him. Daniel Jones, you had multiple years that you could watch. So Daniel Jones, to me, was a little safer than Haskins. And he went 10 picks before Haskins did. And the Monday night guys, who, you know, I don't love them or anything, but they were talking about, I guess talking to Redskins people, and they're like, well, Haskins isn't ready. He's, you know, he's just still learning to be a pro. He's not ready to, you know, take the game plan throughout the week and then go implement it. And then there they are talking. Then halftime, they're doing their dumb halftime show. And uh, Lewis Riddick is like, you got to make a change. Look at all the fans. This is horrible. You got to make a change. And Steve Young's like, no, no, no. You can't make a change. And that's what they're, they're sitting there going. We would love to not play Case Keenum. We would love to not do it and put our rookie quarterback in, but we think it would destroy him if we went out there, and then we're starting over again. And I just started going, my God, they're another 0-3 team who should probably consider just kind of tearing it on down. Let's go get a quarterback. And I it's I think people get so confused with the quarterback discussion, and they they hang the wins and losses all on, on quarterbacks. And I think it, it works the same way with rookie quarterbacks. Dak was in a fantastic situation to have success, and he made the most of that. But you would, if you had thrown Dak Prescott into a team where he's getting sacked multiple times per game, running for his life, and you know these guys don't know how to read a defense yet, uh, it w- probably would have been horrible results. 
Um, and for any quarterback to be back there, I think it's wise not to throw a guy out there like that. Now, if you've got a team where, okay, you've got a good offensive line and you can kind of bring him along, maybe he won't be shell-shocked to the point where he can't return. And hell, we're talking about Troy Aikman. Troy Aikman maybe benefited from being thrown to the Wolves early. He almost got killed. I think it ended his career sooner. (laughs) Right? But it's like I would much rather just if I don't – if my team sucks so incredibly bad that I can't protect the quarterback, I'd much rather have him on the sideline holding the clipboard than throw him to the Wolves early. Yeah, and I think conversely there's really – look at the the Mahomes situation was ideal. You had a consummate pro and Alex Smith teaching him. And then when Mahomes took the reins after one year and watching and learning, he took the reins of a potent offense with a great offensive coach, putting him in position to win. And then he completely exceeded all of those expectations by putting up rook, uh, you know record-type numbers. But he was in a very fortuitous situation. Same thing with Aaron Rodgers. It's really just that it's the history of sports, though. Situations always matter. Yep, you can move guys around. We were just talking about it in the mix with Sean and RJ. Uh, if you put Marino somewhere, you know the story of sports would be different. Uh, the story of our lives would be different with any, you know, one decision that we might have made along the way. So it's it's, it's that type of thing. Shippy calls uh, it the butterfly effect. Yeah, he uh, does. Okay, he's been saying that. Yeah, he, right. he actually calls it that. the butt effect. <laughs> the butt fly effect. Uh, like Josh Rosen's my classic uh, like situation uh, situational example. Go to Arizona. Well, he went to a bad situation. He happened to get traded to a bad situation. Are we ever going to know what the poor guy is? He's probably just going to be the guy that was hanging out in the hot tub his freshman year at UCLA. Not a bad. That's guy probably his legacy now because he's played for broken teams his entire life. Like that's what we will remember him as. There's no saving that ship, probably, because he's gone gone to a dumpster every time. He's been tarnished. It's the Ben and Skin Show, 105.3 The Fan. David Hellman's been tarnished. We'll explore that at 11 o'clock. But before we get all into that stuff, Jerry Jones called in to Sean and RJ this morning. He delivered the gold, including the story of this very weird dance. We'll talk about it next right here on The Fan. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. All right. Thank you, Shippy. Ben and Skin Show 105.3 The Fan. It was a very eventful weekend of college football. We need to... Dip our toes in those waters coming up here in 20 minutes. We have a special guest in studio at noon, the great Teddy Emmerich, who will have a big-time honor when he gets to call the Cowboys-Saints game Sunday night right here on 105.3 The Fan. Very, very few times since Brad Sham took over has he not been calling the game. We'll get into all of that and what it means to Teddy. Uh, But let's get into the Jerry Jones audio from earlier today. He joined Sean and RJ at 8.30, and it was very good, as it always is. And a lot of times, there ends up being some good funny. So we've talked a lot about Robert Quinn and his first game and how good he looked. And when he got that sack, he had the the happy Gilmore dance is what they called it on the broadcast. Now, I don't know that that's... <laughs> yes. I don't know that that's what Robert Quinn was thinking necessarily. Ride the bull. He was doing sort of a, an homage to Cowboys, I guess. I think he was doing the happy Gilmore, though. Well, let's hear what Jerry thought of the Robert Quinn debut and the dance. This is a number three here, Shippy. Well, that's one of the best I've seen riding that pony. Now, you know what's fun? Sometimes Zeke will do something like that. He'll put a, 
towel on or he'll put a, some shorts on or something and head down through the middle of the dressing room kind of spanking himself as he emulates the, the, the riding the horse. But uh, uh, And that's before a game. So you can see how uh, what a uh, asset he is uh, on and off the field to the Dallas Cowboys. I'm talking Zeke Prescott, but uh, I mean Zeke uh, Elliott. But, but uh, bottom line is uh, – uh, the uh, Robert Quinn brings that to the table as well. He's uh, he's a veteran. On the other hand, he plays with the exuberance of a rookie, and his game is uh, just uh, uh, sheer uh, energy. And uh, if he's got an issue at all, it's uh, uh, kind of thwarting his tendency to run by the quarterback a little bit. But boy, he's back there and he's messing with them, and. Uh, He's he's just an outstanding contributor. All right. There's so much to get into from just that one answer. First of all, on Robert Quinn, yes, uh, he, he does play with so much energy and burst and quickness and speed. And tobacco. It is. Yeah, God, he puts a, an entire can of Copenhagen in his lip. But but, but he, uh, he is a diehard, true uh, speed rusher, and it is fun to watch, man. And it's awesome to have that on the opposite side of D-Law. Uh, in terms of the Zeke doing that in the locker room, now you're, you're talking about the ride a horse dance, which didn't Cy from Condom Style did that. Sir, you know, they may, you know, it's condom? open condom style. Oh, oh sorry, open condom uh-huh. style. <laughs> it's directly related uh, to Happy Gilmore having uh, fun again, though. That's I, what happened in the movie. I think it's been around long before that, but maybe if that's the first time you saw it, then you can go back to that memory of it, which I don't disparage. That was a great moment too. That's my movie. They're having fun though. But uh, I, I, you know, I think the idea of Zeke. He's talking about Zeke doing it in the locker room, and he says sometimes he'll put a towel on. <laughs> I guarantee you Zeke's in there doing that neck. Thanking <laughs> himself. Here's the other thing. So <laughs> so the first thing that Jerry thinks of when he thinks of Robert Quinn is let's talk about how fun Zeke is. All right, that's the first place he goes to. The second thing that I'm dying to get to the bottom of this. So when we met Robert Quinn and had him on the show during training camp, I walked away from that interview going, man, if there is one person on this earth that has not watched Happy Gilmore. It's that. <laughs> that is the single last human I've ever met. He's the most serious person I've ever met. And there's just no way he has time for a third-rate Adam Sandler movie. He was movie. a big Carl Weathers fan. I don't know, and man. Maybe he was. Third-rate. I just don't backtrack. think there's, I don't think there's any chance in hell. I thought hell, you loved golf. Any yeah, chance in hell that that dance had anything to do with Happy Gilmore. You're talking stupid, though. Third-rate. Of an Adam All Sandler right, movie, that's second, a yeah. first-rate Adam Sandler you're movie. Right, you're that's right. That's a fine film. <laughs> it is a great, incredible. It's a great, great <laughs> movie. The storyline is so happy he's, be, he's been told by the PGA Tour to calm it down. No, the and story is his gotta, grandma has an orphanage. No, hold on. He's got to start having fun again. Oh, okay. Meanwhile, his golf teacher, Carl Weathers, Chubbs Peterson, is at home watching on TV while Happy hits a driver and gets on the he gets on his driver and he goes, right. Oh, yes, yes. And Chubbs Peterson is gluing his hand back together because it got ran over. Uh-huh. He goes, oh, happy, riding the bull. You're acting like a damn fool. 
It's okay, so now ben, good. Now, Ben, remember the so Robert good. Quinn exchange. Yeah. yeah. Think about everything he just said right. and then think about Robert Quinn. Robert Quinn would punch his TV before he'd finish watching <laughs> that great movie. I love that okay. movie. But I'm I, ask him that You now. seriously don't think it has anything to do with that, do you? I think it absolutely does. Oh, my God. I'd I'm be willing dying to, bend. to I thought you were. This. I thought you were kidding. No. I'll give you the answer right now. It has nothing to do with it. That's I guarantee you. Robert Quinn cannot tell you anything about Happy Gilmore. I'll tell you this. Oh, I if, like this show, Bet. If Robert Quinn can tell me something about Happy Gilmore, he's immediately the most interesting NFL okay. player I've ever met. Now, uh, to he, carry himself that way, play that way, right. and then dabble in some Adam Sandler stuff now, from the early 90s. Over he may here. know that it's a movie about golf or something like that, but I want to, to get the story of the movie from him. If he can tell you the story, the plot Anything. of that movie. Uh, I'd be shocked if he didn't know that it was an Adam Sandler movie about golf. He is a country guy. Yeah. I would be. So am I. That's a good point. That's a really good <laughs> yeah, point. KT yeah. is a country guy. KT's from a this, smaller town. There was somebody in his town that didn't have a front door. This is like <laughs> the bet. Doesn't. This is like the bet of does Jason Garrett have a bathroom in his office? <laughs> <laughs> we never settled that. Who paid off on that? You were supposed to I wear am? an ostrich costume. No, I was and dangle not. from a building. Hey, and hatch he's an supposed egg. to wear a like a wolf costume yeah, or something. Right? I'm Shippy? wearing it right now. <laughs> God. It had become too much of a beating oh. to pay off our bets. I'm not going to lie. All our <laughs> bets are stupid. <laughs> I'm down to wear that. Okay, so Robert Quinn. How do we get him on? <laughs> I'm tweeting uh, him right now. Let, yeah, yeah, somebody tweet Robert Quinn and ask him if he knows anything about Happy Gilmore. What time is locker room access? Today? Yeah. There is none. There's none. Tomorrow? Nah, Guys, I can't right, wait till tomorrow to get an answer to All this right. question. All right, we'll get an answer. It needs <laughs> to be resolved right now. Um, okay, let's get back to more fun here. But before we do it, we need a setup. They, uh, obviously, the morning show, they're big fans of Mark Colombo. Uh, and so Jerry was asked, clip number seven, what has Colombo meant to this offensive line? He really will take uh, any person that he's around and create football mentality. Yeah. Uh, that's not just toughness. That's just an attacking toughness. Toughness can be defended as, as just being able to take it. Well, that's not enough for Mark. He wants to give it. And, uh, for instance, uh, Collins, Lyle Collins, has been such a focal point for, for uh, Mark to use as an illustrator. He calls him the enforcer. But his attitude in there, his giving it out attitude, is something that our offensive line is really benefiting from. Uh, and, of course, uh, uh, Zach played the best game, arguably the best game that I've seen him uh, play, and he's played some good ones, but he was uh, just almost perfect the other day. And uh, so uh, I'm talking Zach Martin. So, uh, yes, we've got guys out there that uh, are very special, and we've got depth, and we've got young depth on the way. And so all of that is good. That front's a big part of this team. Okay, so last year there was all this talk, and we still see these stats come back up. Uh, Amari Cooper has now played, was it, 14 games with the Dallas Cowboys. We've almost got a full season's worth of stats. And look at what the Cowboys offense has done since Amari Cooper has arrived. If I remember correctly, that is also around the same time they replaced the offensive line coach with Mark Colombo, right? About the same time. Yeah, because bye I, week after the bye week, right? Because remember there was talk about they might replace Linehan. They, they waited. Till they the waited, week. but they did replace the offensive line coach. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes we have a tendency to look at one thing and go, well, here's the reason. 
I think Colombo is a huge impact on this offense turning around as well. And you know a lot about this, Ben, because you talked to Tyron about this. Yeah, I talked to quite a few of the Cowboys linemen about this. And and I, I find them to be such a humble, coachable group. It's it's really crazy. And talking to Tyron in the locker room one day, and we were talking about who was the old coach? What was that coach's name? Paul Alexander. Yeah. Paul Alexander. And he came in, and he was there for a short amount of time, and he wanted to change everything about the way they did what they do. And it's like, why would you go in and say, uh, hey, Dirk, we're going to change the way you shoot your jump shots. Why don't you try it like this? It's like, dude, he's Dirk. The Cowboys offensive line was already regarded as one of the greatest offensive lines in the game. And then this coach comes in there and tries to change their technique. It was asinine. But because they're so coachable, they did it. And I yeah. asked Tyron, I'm like, hey, man, why would why would you say, hey, Babe Ruth, let's change the way you swing a baseball bat? He's like, because this is my coach. He asked me to do it, so I had to do it. I'm like, man, if I was Tyron Smith or one of those guys, I would be like, what in the hell are you talking about? I'm Tyron Smith. I haven't given up a pressure all season. Not a sack, a pressure. Let me do what the hell I do. Yeah, and and Ben, we saw that as you know, they didn't have a passing game, but we saw the offensive line. Part of it was Travis Frederick was gone too. Uh, there was injuries, but we saw that offensive line struggle in a way that we weren't accustomed to in the first half of the season. And then they made they fired him on October the 29th. I'm pulling up the 2018 schedule. Okay. I believe that was right around the yeah. time of that Tennessee game. Absolutely, it was right. It was to me. I think that's after the Tennessee game. That I was think, the bye week. Yeah, they they traded for Cooper. Remember they. Remember on the first drive, Cooper scored a touchdown on that exact same route that he scored his first touchdown on Sunday, and then, but they still lost the game. Three and five. They three and five. They fired the offensive line coach. So part of it was adding Cooper, and it was huge. Part of it was getting back to the way that they did things with that offensive line. And Mark Colombo should be given a lot of credit for that. Great point. Now let's get to the funny part, <laughs> and that is, remember Ben, we went and saw him perform. What was that? It was uh, Big Leonard Davis. Mm-hmm. It was Mark Colombo. And it Corey was Proctor, right? Corey Proctor on drums, and they were called like Death Fart. What was the name of their metal like band? Rainfire, Metal rain, Fart, yeah. uh, Free Rain, Free Rain Fart. And uh, <laughs> so, anyway, anyways, they asked Jerry uh, about being in the Mark Colombo music video, which I've never seen. This have you guys seen this? No, he no. wasn't in it. Okay, okay. The, well, the question was more about like, have you ever talked to Colombo? Maybe getting him in a video. Okay, let's hear Jerry's answer. Well, I don't know that I've sent him my tape. I, I probably uh, 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 can do some of that, uh, uh, some things that uh, he's just heard about. I, that's a good idea. I think I'll send him over some tape. I'll get it back. I had a high school reunion uh, out at the stadium this weekend, and it was great to see everybody and see a lot of old friends. But uh, I was reminded that one of the girls gave me a picture, and it was when I was in about the ninth grade, and she could put her hand on the top of my head. I was that short. <laughs> and uh, she was short, this particular girl that was talking to me. And I used to dance, had those blue jeans rolled up past your ankles and had that uh, had that look that they had back then. But uh, uh, I was a goober, but I didn't know it. <laughs> God, yeah. that's so great. Oh, All right. I have so many questions about the about the Jerry Jones fiftieth. I guess that would be the fiftieth high school reunion. Probably think about yeah. it. They had it at the stadium. At it was like stadium. let's not even just kid around about Jerry being the most important guy, guy from his class. If you want Jerry to be at the reunion, you got to come have it at AT and T Stadium. I bet he flew people in for that. Oh yeah, because he probably. I was talking to my dad about a reunion recently because we had our reunion and like only ten percent of the graduating class showed up. 
And we're at our 30, and I was like, my dad's sitting there farting around with his 50th reunion, and he's like, oh, those numbers go way down. And I'm sitting there <laughs> thinking, I bet Jerry's probably not from a huge town in Arkansas. Right. I can't imagine there's that many left, and I bet he flew everybody in for that. <laughs> I flew all 11 of my classmates <laughs> in, and of course that I did. That was a goober. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay, Jerry. but wait. So he's... So he first of all, yeah, the high, there's the high school reunion at the stadium thing. That was incredible. And then he, I think, what I love about Jerry is you can hear the wheels spin, and he's editing himself because he has to be careful with what he says. Mm-hmm. So he's talking, and he's like, he may not know all the stuff I can do, like uh, all the gyrating and uh, all the saying. <laughs> and then he, but he catches himself, and he goes, uh, you know, uh, things that I, I you know, uh, <laughs> things I can do. And uh, what dude, he's gonna sell to Columbo that he can do. <laughs> I don't what know, he gonna dude? present? So great, dude. So awesome, and I think they were playing some of his, uh, that music from that group earlier. Bah, 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 bah. And it, it's like, broken neck, broken neck, broken <laughs> neck. I'll break your neck, you're broken necked. Man, I remember we, we went to watch him, and then one time uh, Leonard Davis just slightly turned his head to one side. I mean, he performed <laughs> didn't do much. with so much energy. I'm uh, Leonard Davis. We'll get back into that stuff a little bit later. Hellman at 11 o'clock, but coming up next, we got some great college football stuff, including some incredible audio uh, from what happened after the Texas-Oklahoma State game. You're going to want to hear Gundy. That's next on 105.3 The Fan. We had a lot of fun yesterday with the clip that was going around of the Philadelphia ex-firefighter that was involved in saving children's lives. And as these babies were thrown out the window, he was talking about how he was catching them, unlike Nelson Aguilar. Well, uh, as that was making its way around Twitter and such, Nelson Aguilar weighed in on that. He retweeted the clip and said, thank you for being a hero in the community. Would like to invite you and your family to the home game, to the next home game. Twitter, help me out and get me in touch with him. Unlike Aguilar. Pretty great. Pretty fantastic. Pretty great. So so he gets him tickets, hooks him up with tickets to a game, handles, uh, handles it the right way. It turns a negative into a positive. Yeah. It's a nice way to handle things. But Aguilar still has a lot of drops coming up. Uh, KT, let's get into the college football weekend. There's a lot of great, a lot of good stuff. Uh, Where do you want to take us first? Let's start with Texas. They beat Oklahoma State 36-30. Sam Ellinger, four touchdown passes. Without Colin Johnson, their number one wide receiver, who was hurt. Really a weird situation with about 14 minutes left in that game. And Oklahoma State was trailing by five, and they tried to do a, just a real bad fake field goal. Mm-hmm. It was just such a – it was not a very good design play. You know? It was horrible. And it really – then the Longhorns got it and went and scored because they couldn't be stopped. But uh, Ellinger's good, man. I've been hard on Ellinger. I've been – I've been. Uh, Jeff says I hate him. I don't hate it. I don't do hate, hate Sam Ellinger. He's a perfect uh, college quarterback. I just yeah. think – I think Bouchelle's a, more of an NFL prospect than Ellinger is. Every once in a while, I, I feel like you have these biases ingrained within your DNA, Kevin. And every once in a while, I feel like you have an anti-University of Texas thing going. No. No, no, I was pulling for him. No, I, I understand this, though. It reminds I, me of the, the big uh, uh, Sims quarterback debate where one guy looked like a better – pro prospect and then the other guy was just a better college quarterback one guy can throw one guy can tebow right yeah i mean ellinger is dude there is any number of great college quarterbacks that were not in any way pro prospects 
Yeah. And uh, and I think that's what Ellinger is. I do think KT likes to stick it to the horns, though. And I think it's because so many Longhorn fans came so hard after you. Mm. Oh, yeah, no, they're jerks if you say anything uh, realistic about their players. I know the answer <laughs> like, to this. They're, I mean, but that's every school. I know the answer to this. I just want it to be yes. Is Duvernay a pro prospect? I think he is. God, he's fun. I think he is. He is so fun. And here's the other thing. The best player in the Big 12 next year is Sanders. That guy Sanders is freaking awesome. Now, he had two interceptions that were very costly, but he really looks the part, Dude, man. no one can tackle him. He's got an incredible arm. He can hum it downfield, and then he's just weaving in and out of Nobody can bring him down. They're in good hands. Okay. God, he is good, uh, dude. The Denton Ryan dude. Now, Ellinger won that game with his arm, though, so I want to give him proper credit. And without his number one wide receiver, mm-hmm. I want to give him proper credit. The thing that I would say... And I guess what I'm kind of doing is transitioning to the TCU-SMU game, which SMU beat TCU, and Gary Patterson's uh, lauded defense couldn't stop anybody, and Shane Bouchelle's kind of torching them all game long. I just don't think, and it's very easy to say this, I think if Shane Bouchelle had Tom Herman's players and not Charlie Strong's players, that Shane Bouchelle might have fared a little better. But my my memory of this, and Ben, you remember this pretty well, my memory is that Herman came in there and said that Ellinger was more his type of quarterback than Bouchelle That's was. That's exactly what happened. But in terms of pro prospect slinging it around a little bit, well, then, I think dude, Bouchelle's a better pro prospect. That's Bouchelle's in a great place for that then because they are throwing it. He's got Dykes as his coach, and they're throwing it all over the place. But that said, and it, that's great that they're throwing, it in, uh, they're throwing it around. I love that he's having success. But if the rest of the country thought he was a monster, he would have had a better option than SMU. Well, right? hold so on, I think no. maybe everybody slept on him. I, 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 I just don't insist know what his on offers staying were. close. I, don't, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I, do, I do know this. I do know. I mean, obviously, he's from this area, and I, when he when he transferred there, it was Chad Morris was the coach, right? I don't know if Chad had already left. Had he? Okay, then I could be wrong on yeah, that. Chad's been in Arkansas. This is Chad's second year at Arkansas. Yeah, Bouchard had to sit out. But a he year. had to sit out a year. Yeah, so it might have been Chad. Uh, yeah. anyways, and he would have left though because Arkansas didn't have quarterback, right? Yeah. Uh, I just know that yeah, uh, you know the Shane Bouchard absolutely will. I, mean, I don't. I can't say he absolutely will get drafted. But his plan is to go to the NFL. Like right. he's, he doesn't have to go think. Hey, what do I want to do with my life? He's you know planning on going to the NFL. You think he's a legit NFL quarterback? I do. That's no, great. no, not like starter. But yeah, but he'll but make like, the league. I yeah. think he'll get drafted. That's fantastic. I didn't, I didn't realize Kyle Allen was in the damn league until a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. dude, yeah. and looked really good. Yeah. So I interesting game. SMU gets the win. That's a fun story to follow now. And they okay. got that the, now. They're four zero now again. <laughs> The, their their schedule is not going to have them play a lot of big big teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's why going to TCU and I love what they're doing. They're putting Dallas on their uniforms. They're putting Dallas on their helmet, mm-hmm. and they're taking over like. And this is just an idea from from Dykes apparently. Was hey, we're just going to do this branding message where we are Dallas and we are getting the Dallas prospects because I said that was a great thing to do to go into Fort Worth and do that. It was a great game. It was a fun game. I didn't care who won, you know, but I just think it's whoever won that game would be 4 0 and kind of mm. rising a little bit. So I think SMU deserves to be in the top 25. You've seen that SMU logo on their helmet, right? I haven't seen it yet. It's basically the municipality, the D. Like uh-huh. I've seen some Luca stuff like that. Our buddy uh, Adam is working on some stuff like that. It's the 
the D that is three lines that okay. make a capital D yeah. with yep. something inside it's it. The city of Dallas sign. It mm-hmm. looks really cool, and from a branding standpoint, it SMU TCU is Dallas versus Fort Worth. Now they had on their jerseys, or maybe in their helmets when they played North Texas, they had a helmet to Dallas and had the Dallas skyline. How about that? Kind of in the background. So like and you went to that game, right? Because you're not, a North Texas watched, guy mm-hmm. who's four they feet from your house. Tore us up. Mm-hmm. I mean. They really gave it to us. Um, Now, I do want to play this Mike Gundy thing real quick. We've got the audio here. Mike Gundy, the Oklahoma State head coach. Well, basically, what happened uh, is that basically a a reporter wrote an article that was tongue-in-cheek, okay? Mm -hmm. And the tongue-in-cheek thing is basically... Uh, and it was it was written on a website called whatthefussnews.com, so it's not even (laughs) real, okay? that site. But the article joked... That T Boone Pickens, who died earlier this month, oh dear, and it was a major donor, had left thirty dollars for Mike Gundy to get a haircut. Okay, so it's kind of a funny like. Okay, God. we can have fun, right? Right. Well, the guy who wrote the article calls into the Big Twelve, the, the Big Twelve you know, coaches press conference. So on the teleconference, this guy <laughs> pops in and asks Mike Gundy a question about it, and Mike Gundy obviously knew the story and was not happy about this. Coach, I know you, know, you were joking around uh, Saturday night. I was there about what you think of social media, but was there any truth to those reports that uh, Boone Pickens kind of was joking around and left you a gift card for a haircut? I'm joking with you, that's all. Don't hurt the real journalism world. It's jackasses like you that cause problems, okay? They shouldn't even let you call in. <laughs> you want to talk football? We'll talk football. <laughs> if you want to be. Um, out there and talk idiotic social media, then you need to go do something with a college kid. <laughs> okay, thank you. You bet. <laughs> All right, we need to save that whole drop for. You want to talk football? We'll talk football. <laughs> <laughs> so I had this really weird moment on Saturday night where. You bet. Uh, I said, honey, look at that human. Can you believe that's his haircut? And my wife looked up and she goes, what's wrong with it? <laughs> Okay, so Gundy's mullet? Yeah, I was like, what do you mean what's wrong Uh, with it? How different is it now? The real journalism world. It looks, it's creeping more towards like uh, mid-80s Richard Marks hair. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, I'm seeing it now. Like, I'm like, honey, there's not another person in the country that has that haircut. It is, (laughs) it is, what do you mean what's wrong with it? It's shocking. It's He's making fun of himself, <laughs> making fun of himself now. <laughs> it's Richard Marks. It, it does look like he's wearing a wig. Yeah. It does. It hey, looks like he's it, one of those Rambo wigs. Hey, everybody, let, let's do an 80s theme party. Hey, and, um, hey they drew first blood. <laughs> it's, it's terrible. <laughs> now, jackasses like you that cause problems. Well, I, I'm sorry. I checked out the website, <laughs> whatthefussnews.com, and I think you guys are going to love some of these stories that got posted. Can we do a new weekly feature? We might need to. Here's a couple headlines here. Josh Rosen diagnosed with severe Pokemon Go addiction. Okay. Um, Lions head coach Matt Patricia promises fans they'll try harder to lose in week three. (laughs) (laughs) All right. It's kind of like a sports onion. Jamaican bobsled team discovered to be weighing down the front of their sled with pounds of weed. It's okay. Um, Did you want to go in there and... uh... Bank statements reveal Adrian Peterson's massive ill-advised investment in Beanie Babies. 
So they're so there's a, they're swinging for home runs, but they're going to strike out a they're little. They're going to strike bit, out too. a lot, yeah, just like anybody yeah. who does comedy. Right? I wouldn't mind hey, canceling that new "What the Fuss" segment we had talked <laughs> yeah. about. Earlier. Okay, it, it is funny though the Tell idea us what you're that in his will, uh, in his will, not his wheel, wheel. in his will, that T Boone Pickens would leave a thirty dollar gift card. <laughs> For Gundy to go chop that mullet off. God, that's, that's awesome. Objectively funny. That's right? awesome. And that's dude, funny. it I is. Agree. It is. I agree with you, Skin. It could be the worst haircut on the planet. Yeah. And so he's doing a bit. He's very aware that he has a turbo mullet. I think so. What is my wife doing? How is she not floored by that? Yeah. I can't imagine him walking into a room and every person there, like, what the hell is that guy doing? Like, if they didn't know, <laughs> right, they'd be like, what is that guy doing? Right. Did that guy just walk out of a yeah. time machine? Did that guy get he's, out of a hot tub time machine? He's in character. He's shooting a movie about arm wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> he just walks in, though, with a Sport Clips $30 gift card. Just kind of chops it off. He walks in Sport Clips, and they go, I don't know what to do with this. Sorry, man. What we, is it you want? It's like taking a Ferrari to a Ford dealer. Like, man, I'm sorry. I don't. <laughs> Can you please? Is it difficult, Shippy, to play that whole exchange again? No, I really, not at our, all. our tools, our tools don't work on that car. <laughs> okay, I know you're joking around uh, Saturday night. I was there about what you think of social media, but was there any truth to those reports that uh, Boom Pickens kind of was joking around and left you a gift card for a haircut? I'm joking with you. That's all. Don't hurt the real journalism world. It's jackasses like you that cause problems, okay? They shouldn't even let you call in. Do you want to talk football? We'll talk football. If you want to be um, out there and talk idiotic social media, then you need to go do something with a college kid. I would have. Okay, thank you. You bet. You bet. I would have liked to follow up on his haircut. Okay, thank you. Coach, one quick follow up. What, what's your haircut strategy? <laughs> what are you doing there, Coach? <laughs> I don't know why they let you call in. It's pretty good, too. That is great. Um, and a real, real quick, honestly, A&M loses. They lost to Auburn 28-20. Auburn's 4-0 and ranked eighth in the nation. They'll probably go up a step. Uh, A&M Texas covered, A&M right? was 17. They covered. No, they were they were four-point favorite, I believe. Oh, they were? At home, yeah. Oh, man. Sorry. Uh, so they lose. They go to 2-2. Two and two. Man, Kellen Mond's kind of up and down. I was talking to a buddy of mine who's a big A&M guy. He goes, you know, you're right about Kellen Mond. He's not that good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there, he was all. He was also pretty depressed by that loss in a game that they just had to have. Here's their schedule as they are 2-2. Two and two. They've got Arkansas this week, and then they have Alabama. And they will end the year with Georgia and LSU. Looking good. So they're going to be 6-6. Six and six. Great to be in that oh, SEC, man. isn't it? Missouri right. finally beat South Carolina. Oh, oh my God. By 20. I, would, I just shut guys, up. Hey, guys, you guys pumped about the big UNT win? You guys, UNT guys right here. UNT over UTSA, huge. I was I, at the game. Slow clap. Man, my head hurts. We get back to talked. Mizzou. UNT. Coming uh, up next, uh, Hellman uh, tries uh, to pull it out of the ditch yeah, right here on the Ben and Skin Show, 105.3 The Fan. Our receiver tours ACL. Yeah, good game. Rico Bus. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 